Welcome to the third episode of Underqualified Analyst. I'm Cooper, we have Zach, and we have Hunter. The very first thing that we're going to talk about is, honestly, all of our experiences with the UK game this weekend. All three of us went to the game. Me and Zach got to experience that together. Uh, it was Zach's very first UK football game, like we said last week. Um, I'm sure it was really disappointing to Zach to go to such an underwhelming game. And uh, really, I just I, I want to hear what Zach has to say, because I've talked to him a little bit about it. And, you know, we smiled once or twice about the game, but we haven't really gone into full depth about that. So uh, what what did you think about it, Zach? Man, what an atmosphere at Kroger Saturday night. Uh, to be the first game I, I got to go to was truly the most amazing experience. Not only sitting with you and some other family members, but even the people around us were just so hype and into the game. Just an awesome atmosphere. Shake under your feet. They're making some noise. Uh, and then to see UK come out on top, just the icing on the cake, man. Personally, I have been thinking about all week what I was going to say to describe this game, and I still haven't thought of words to describe it yet. When Zach was talking about his experience with it, it just got me excited. I just don't even know. It's it's remarkable. It's crazy. I don't even know what to say. It was just one of the coolest moments of, you know, I mean, it, maybe not the coolest, but up there with the coolest moment of my life. I'd say for me, it was, it's, I, I've been to probably 40 UK football games and that's not exaggerating. You know, I'm, I'm 24 years old and uh, wait until I'm 48, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm going to at least quintuple that. Um, I love UK football with everything in me, and it's by far the best game experience that I can think of. And my voice truly didn't recover until probably Tuesday. I would say Tuesday was where I was like, okay, I'm okay speaking to people, and I'm not pissed off speaking to them because my voice hurts, right? Like, it actually make me upset. Like, I, 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 you know, I'm visiting my family in Kentucky, and I was – I was like slightly upset when they'd speak to me. Cause I'm like, I'm like, man, my voice still hurts. Like y'all don't understand this. Like, but it was a constant reminder of what, what happened, you know, what, like, why, why was I, why was I in so much pain? And, and it's just, it's just a testament to how much pain UK fans have been in to see our team get absolutely thraxed and waxed year after year after year by Florida. And guess what, Dan Mullen? You're 500 against Kentucky. You can suck it. Take that. Poor Dan Mullen. What screw him. Man, no, man, screw man. him. Screw him. I hate oh, that couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> well. Uh, my voice is – Still, you can probably hear the raspiness behind it. Uh, going back and everybody wants to know what happened in the game. How did you like the game? Just a miserable experience trying to talk through not having a voice. 
and definitely prolongs the healing process a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so one thing that I'll say about the game, and obviously the score was 13-20 UK won, um, was that we we rushed the field. Okay. If you don't know that, then you you didn't see that, right? And I I would like to say I had many cold takes this weekend, and that was that was one of them. Uh, I did not think that we would rush the field. It was a very cold take, um, almost colder than Hunter's Texas A&M number one ranked uh, power rankings week one of our podcast, almost. But uh, it was cold, and me and Zach did not get to experience that because we were so high up that by the time we got down there, the field storming would have been done. Um, so, Hunter, tell us about the field storming. Well, how, was, how was that? It was a pretty significant drop to get over the rail, but, uh, you know, I jumped over. I'm pretty fleet of foot still, you know. I put on a few pounds, but I can still handle it. Uh, I'm glad I wore boots because I got stomped on at least 753 times. Mosh pit, if you've ever been in one at a concert, it was 7,000 degrees in there. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. I mean, I, people were pushing me. I was pushing people that it was just, and, but we were all high five and hugging. Nobody got trampled that I saw. I don't know. <laughs> Will, Will Levis came straight up to my buddy Jared and I, right? Well, we went to him. He didn't come to us, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we shared a little hug and a little, you know, dap up, high five, told him he did good. Every, all of the players out there. I think that, uh, like Coop said, it just goes to show that we've endured a lot, the players, the fans, everybody, and it all kind of came through on one night, and it was very special. Yeah, I mean, it was for sure special for me. I mean, I got to take three people that hadn't been to a U.K. football game, and I have a video that, honestly, it made it, made it all worth it. I mean, that, that was, it was such a, such a great atmosphere. I mean, uh, so let's let's just start diving into the actual game. Um, so, you know, w- people have talked about it all week about how BBN made such a big difference, and truly, you you don't understand how loud it was unless you were there. I've watched the replay probably two times, whole game, and it really doesn't do it justice. I mean, these these broadcasters are like, "This place is loud," but really, it. It's it's so much louder when you're there. And like Zach was saying, like you're standing there up on the nosebleeds that we were at, and like, you know, your your feet are shimmying and you don't you don't know what's going on. You're like, Oh, is there an earthquake? No, it's just people literally screaming. So it's it's just we made such a big difference in this game with uh eight false starts. I mean that's that's 40 extra yards and on, I know on one possession it went from third and one to third and 11. That is a complete switch up and you know BBN made an incredible difference in this game and um, you know y'all y'all talk about that I mean just how how much you know we made a difference and uh, you know I guess how good our defense was as well. I mean it was it was really both of those two going together for this W. Yeah, I think our defense was just spectacular in this game. Uh, As far as the crowd making such a huge difference, man, 
eight false starts in a college in a D one college football game is just unheard of. And it was definitely the crowd. You could tell and you could watch. It was literally standing two steps away. Uh, we would get so loud that they couldn't communicate at all. And I can't imagine it was an easy environment to come into, you know, after last year they played an entire season with no fans in the stand. And they've not really experienced a real good atmosphere until they came to Lexington. And the BBN showed out. I mean, they showed up the whole blue-white scheme. Way better participation in that than I could have ever imagined. Way better. And the fact that they brought out the pom-poms and we still got the W. Broke the curse, ask, baby. We broke the you, curse. We broke the can't curse. can't ask any more than that. I mean, it was just one of those nights, your defense to make seven straight stops inside the 15-yard line on a very good Florida offense. They were not a slouchy offense at all. But our defense, man, how big of a get was Jacquez Jones in the transfer portal? Just how good is that, man? Mm-hmm. The defense just stepped up time and time and time again. It was just possession after possession. Josh Pascal, you can't really say enough about him. I mean, he was all over the field. He made every play out there. He just – he was the best player on the field on either side of the ball. The defense, like I said, just – they just stepped up when we needed them. And time – they just – whenever we needed a big play or whenever we needed them to step up, force a stop, I mean, they did it. And as far as the atmosphere, I told my buddy I was there at the game with that um, – you see East, that's that loud besides maybe the swamp, you know, and – so Florida probably had never seen an environment like that in a long time. I mean, Tennessee gets loud. They're, they hold a lot of people, but they're, you know, they haven't been good for a while. So they don't pack the stadium. I mean, it was so loud in there that you couldn't hear the person next to you talk. You had to scream in their ear to hear them talk. Yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. It was awesome to be at. Um, and, yeah, I mean, when you look at the stats – Kentucky should not have won this game. There's there's really no stat on here that says we should have won this game. But the only one that did was the scoreboard. And that's what that's what Zach's dad was saying after the game. He was like, I don't care. Scoreboard. Look at that scoreboard. You know? And he just kept he kept he kept saying that. And I'm like, Yeah, I mean, that's true, but gosh dang, man, we had 47 plays. That's awful. We had they had 71. That's a lot. And they still did not beat us. Um, you know, there's so many things you can dissect. I think that's that's just a big tribute to your defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you could digest in this. And I, I think I think when you really start breaking it down, our offense, yes, they did not play great. But whenever they needed to score, they did. And, you know, we only had to score twice, obviously. But, um, God, Wandale, man. What what a stud like stud we have not I mean I yeah, don't get me wrong Bowden. I saw a stat go ahead I saw a stat today that said Wandell uh, already has more receiving yards at Kentucky than he did 
the entire last season at Nebraska. Why? They were using him so wrong. The man is just – he's a weapon out in the mm-hmm. flats. Just get him the ball. I think there's still some Florida defender ankles laying on Kirk. <laughs> Planted some guys with some moves. You just can't touch him. He's too fast. He's just – he might be the best receiver in college football right now. Maybe not all around, but definitely one of the, you know, most dynamic, one of the toughest people to bring down in the open field. Yeah. I'll say this. I think if he was in a program that had a an elite quarterback, I think hands down. Will Levis is a good quarterback. He's serviceable at the D1 level. He has all the tools, but he ha- it hasn't clicked with him yet. I think if it does, I think that UK offense is going to be a beast and a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and one thing that I saw, uh, I've watched, I actually looked at the highlights because I wanted to see, you know, if, the, if I could see any sort of difference in Will Levis behind the pocket – um, you know, game one, game two, game three, and so on and so forth. And I looked, and it was like the ULM game. He he did not, you know, bounce up and down. He didn't he, – he, he checked his progressions, and then he was good. Since that game, I don't know what has happened, but he has turned into the, to the chopping feet master – Okay, the slap chop. I'm going to call him the slap chop because this man, he's just chopping his feet in the backfield, and it's like he's not comfortable. We have a good offensive line, and if you look if you look at, you know, the sacks and whatnot from the last game, really, I would say two of them are, are, were his fault, you know, and it's just because he's, he's been in, indecisive. I don't know what exactly he's, he's – is going through his mind. He's a great quarterback. It's just there's something that's going wrong. And and you can even tell from the way Stoops is reacting. It, like that swing pass that he threw to Smoke, that Stoops got livid, man. I mean, he got – I mean, you should have – he curled his lip. He did his little Stoops thing, threw his little temper tantrum over there. I mean, he was mad about that. So, uh, you know, there's – it's definitely not translating from practice to the field. So – um, I, we're close. We're very close, and that's what Liam Cohen's saying. I think we're close. I think you can see flashes of it. And, you know, Levis is – he. yes, he's missing, but he's not missing bad. The only bad miss he had was the pick. And he just – I don't know if he thought – on the sideline or what, but he threw that ball. Vince Carter couldn't have jumped up there and caught that. So what Cooper said, his footwork in the pocket just like I said, it just doesn't look good at all. I'm not I've never been a quarterback. I'm not an expert on footwork, but like you can just tell that he's not comfortable out there. And I think personally he's relying all on his arm and not, you know, not any not enough on footwork and you know the mechanics of the throw. And it's causing him to either overthrow said it's it we're right there. It's real close. And if we can get there, and I think we will. It's going to be, it's going to be scary. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, 
you know, one thing I also really was surprised by was the amount of players that played that were under or really the amount that Joel Williams played this weekend. He was one of the six that were in the investigation. He actually played a decent little bit. Um, and if we if we look at, you know, the stat, the snap counts, uh, Justin Rogers played a lot. Josiah Hayes played a lot. We had a lot of young guys in this game that were showing potential. And that's that that looks good for our future on the on the defense. I mean, one of the biggest plays of the game was a guy that burnt his red shirt to play in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trayvon uh, Wallace. Yeah. Not going to I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> you know, toot my own horn about maybe. Oh, that was awesome. It happened. But definitely one of the most memorable moments that I will have from the game is just how loud that place got when, one, your best defender, Josh Paschal, hands down, goes up, blocks a kick directly into Trevin Wallace's arms, who just so happened to be a running back in high school and a really <laughs> good one, who goes into straight running And the place just goes ballistic. And somebody, not mentioning any names, called that about five seconds before it happened. It was Zach. It was awesome. He literally, he, he literally he <laughs> they they line up for the coverage, right? And and I'm you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking the same. I'm thinking, you know, we're gonna we're gonna block this because you know, we, we hadn't been due, <laughs> we we had been so due to get a block. And then Zach looks over at me and like grabs my shirt. And he goes, we're due. We're getting this block and we're taking it back for a touchdown. And I was like, nah, <laughs> it happened, boys. It happened. Mark it down. I'm going to say this. The whole game from before we went into the stadium, I may have had a bit of liquid courage on my side to say this, but the whole game, I was – old Kentucky football's dead. It's over. We're winning this game tonight. We're – the old Kentucky football, put a fork in it. It's done. We're winning. But, you know, I I still had a bit of function left in my brain, and I, I didn't truly believe it, okay? I didn't truly believe what was happening. Well – by the time the third quarter rolled around and I had worked off my liquid courage, whenever Josh passed the block that field goal and we took it and started to run down the sideline, I didn't even know. As soon as he ran in the end zone, I said and truly believed, old Kentucky football's dead. We're winning this game tonight. And we found a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the one thing uh, I – I'm going to take away from this is if we play a home game, I like us as the favorite. Just, I don't, I don't care if, if we played Georgia, maybe I'd slightly change that motive, but uh, that'd probably be about it. Um, if we can get back to how we were doing the first four games and be really efficient on third down, I think this is this is a really tough team to stop. I mean, th this is going to be – we're going to be a team that can go into any stadium and um, 
you know, really, really turn the tide. So one thing I wanted to ask you all, cause I have my own thinking on this, but I wanted to see what you guys thought is so going into the season, I thought nine wins. I was like, I think we're going to win nine games and I would be very happy with that. So what is your all's take looking at the schedule? What do you think was a success number of wins and what's a not success and then what's overshooting your expectations? So I want to, I want to hear those three. It doesn't matter who goes first. I still think nine and three is a, you've got to be happy with that season where we're at, where we've came from. I still think nine and three, you've got to feel good about it. I don't think, I really don't think 11 and one is out of the question. Uh, obviously you've got to get this game Saturday. You got to get this LSU game. Other than the Georgia game, I don't see a game on the schedule that I wouldn't put Kentucky as the favorite past that. LSU is going to be a challenge, especially with we've got some injuries, but they've got some injuries too. They've got, they've got some guys banged up and not going to be playing. If we win Saturday, I think 10 and 2 is the goal. 11 and 1 is just put the cherry on top. And then if you go 12 and 0, I think we burn Lexington to the ground. I don't think I could have said it better. 9 and 3, I'd still be happy with. But if we can get this game Saturday, then I think any less than 10 and 2 is considered I mean it's just considered not a how we if we start 6 and 0 and end up only winning then end up going 3 and 3 in the rest of the year you know that's a little bit underwhelming but i think that 10 and 2 gets us a new year's bowl and we'll be you know in Kentucky we'll be more than happy with that but as you said, it's right there. It's right there for the taking. It's on the table. We have a possibility of, you know, playing the SEC championship game. It's right there. And even if we don't, we could be strong consideration for the college football playoff. We'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, I – I'm not going to be upset if we win nine games. Okay. Let me just, let me just go ahead and say that because this stretch that we're about to go in is, is pretty intense. I mean, Mississippi state, they're, they're starting to find the groove. Um, Georgia is well, Georgia, um, Tennessee, they're starting to find the groove just a little bit. Um, you know, and I, I think, I think anything that's nine and three and above, I'd be happy with. Now, what do I want? Obviously, I want 12-0, okay? I want that. I, I need that, okay? Because I'm optimism Larry, okay? 14-0 sounds better. No, it would be 15-0. Regular season, 12-0, and 15-0 for the whole season. That would be, that'd be nice. Um, I mean, but but let, me just, let me just say this. Offense has to – uh, drastically improve, drastically, drastically, drastically improve. Uh, if we're gonna, if we're gonna take that cherry on the top, um, 
but yeah, I think I think we've we've basically covered uh, Kentucky pretty pretty well. So let's let's move on to you know who we just brought up, Georgia. Man, them Bulldogs, boy. Now I thought I I I, I genuinely thought that the Arkansas Georgia game. I thought Georgia would roll them. I did not think they would do this. I mean, th- this was just pure domination. Like Arkansas had no chance at any point in the game to even slightly be a factor in this game. Uh, what what did you guys think about that game? I mean, Jesus Christ, man. At no point during that entire game did I feel like Arkansas was even playing the same game. Georgia is on a completely different level than any Georgia team we've seen in the past. I've never seen a defense like that. They are so stingy with not even like touchdowns. I'm talking about positive yardage plays. They are relentless. They have good speed. They have good size. They are going to be a force. On the offensive side of the football, I feel like what we've seen – I don't feel like they've they've really shown us a consistent pass game. I feel like they rely heavily on the run. But they haven't needed anything else. If they can score one, they're going to win because they're not going to give up one. <laughs> They have made other teams seem like they don't belong out there on the football field with them. They're just dominant, like he said, speed, size, the defense. And they're one of the best teams. I mean, I think they're the best team in the country. I'll say that again. But here we go again. (laughs) Take it over, Coop. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think I think you know I, I will say that Alabama, and we'll get to them. They kind of surprised me this week. I had another cold take on on that game. I'll get to that also. Yeah, um, yeah. I I you know I I'll just be honest, guys. This was not a good weekend for for Big Coop. Um, I had I had some hot takes and. God, they they got cold really fast, I, and I mean really fast. Um, and I'll, I'll bring each one of them up. Um, or under qualified, what do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> did he? Um, it was no more glaringly obvious than this weekend. Yeah. Listening to some of the takes that Cooper brought to the table. Yeah, they were bad, man. Usually I have all right takes, but God, this weekend was just not a good weekend for C um, I thought you did good, Coop. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, but Georgia, you know, like like Zach was saying, you know, they're they're slightly one dimensional, but I think that also goes into the the fact that you know they don't have to. And number two, you know, this whole JT Daniels Stetson thing is just it's 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 crazy. Like like JT Daniels needs to get healthy, man. Like. I don't understand what's going on or, you know, if, if Kirby just really loves Stetson, I don't know. I really don't, but they obviously do not want, you know, much to go down with Stetson because he threw the ball 11 times, 11. 
11. One more time. 11. 56 runs. So there's something, there's something going on there. And, you know, from what Bama showed me this weekend that I think, I think they, they could, they could, um, actually be the first team to score some points on them that actually had meaning. Yeah, I think that uh, one of your takes was that we would see the real Alabama as... Hey, I'm going to get to it, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of your takes was we would see the real Alabama when they got to Ole Miss because, you know, Ole Miss has this really dynamic offense, but I don't know. I, I thought it'd be a good game. I was wrong. What 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 more you want from me? Dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was uh good times sitting there uh at KS Bar and Grill watching football before the game listening to the, your your takes. Definitely none that I'm going to let you forget. I'm going to talk about them all. The Georgia one was right, though. I called it out on the podcast. It's there for the recording. It's there. I said Georgia was going to roll them. I'm just saying. I don't think anybody argued that one with you. Doesn't matter. That I'm going to be honest with you. The safest bet in Vegas is probably Georgia football at this point. Except this weekend coming up, UK versus LSU. But we'll get to that on our next episode because we're not getting ahead of ourselves. We're talking about the past. We're not doing present. We're not doing future, even though we already did some future. But it doesn't even matter. Hunter, Are we talking about got? Alabama now? Hell, yeah, we're talking about Bama. Roll Tide, baby. 42-21. Beat I Ole Miss. That, I think that they had – I wouldn't say something to prove, but I think that there was some questions about this year's Alabama team, and they pretty much answered all of them on Saturday. They're, they they deserve to be the number one team, even though they're not as good as Georgia, you know, but uh, they still deserve it, and they proved it. That's all. I'm just saying, barring anything amazing happening and somebody else meeting Alabama for the SEC championship, Kentucky. Not not gonna throw any names out there, but Kentucky. they wear blue and white. Blue and white uh, Kentucky. I think you I think that will be an absolutely fantastic matchup between Georgia's defense and Alabama's offense because it is no secret that Alabama's offense is the real I have for Alabama is on the defensive side of the football, which is odd for a Nick Saban team. Uh, normally that defense is very stingy. You know, if you can score six six points, you're, you're golden. They're way more of an offensive-geared team. But they also took an old Miss offense that was supposed to be this greatest thing since sliced bread. And if you actually watched the game. Grab your popcorn, boys. 21 points. <laughs> Yeah. Garbage time points. 
Yeah, and that's really all. It, that's all it was. I mean, it it shocked me to the highest degree. I really thought Lane Kiffin was going to come in there and just say, "Hold these. Yeah, these are my nuts. Thank you, Nick Saban. I would like to get my job back." And then you know it was going to be a good game, but it it wasn't. It, you know, watching he watch, walked into the stadium, and that was it. All he did, he no, just walked instead, in. Instead, he walked into the press conference and took a stick and whacked a ginormous hornet's nest. <laughs> you can't poke the bear that is Alabama football. You cannot give a team that's already better than you more reason to beat you down. You just can't make comments like that. No. Comment about not knowing Wondell Robinson's name. Exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, he he knows it now. You know, very. You know, first first big offensive possession that we had. I mean, he 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 gonna learn today. And then, like you said, Florida's Florida's players' ankles they're still on Kroger Field. They're still there. They are still there. There's at least three ankles on the field. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that both feet are on the field, but you know there's at least three ankles on the field from Wondell Robinson. Not to get back to that, but you know we had to say it. Oh, we lost Hunter. Fantastic. Hunter has disconnected. Nice. Well, well, we'll just continue on because uh, you know we might as well go on with the strongest people. Oh, hey Hunter, hey, welcome back. Uh, um. But yeah, what about what about Vandy guys getting that dub? I couldn't tell who wanted to win that football game less. <laughs> yeah, SEC East don't notice. That was, I mean, if you just want to watch something that's entertaining, that was a good watch. That was a good game to watch it. It looked like two teams that had no business playing football out there on the field together. How bad is UConn to lose to Vandy? Bad. <laughs> Tickets to the game were a dollar. One. Yeah. So they would have had to pay me. So let me let me ask this question to you all. When Kentucky goes and absolutely throws the whoop down on Vandy. Does UK pack the house? Do they pack Vanderbilt's stadium, and do they turn it into a home field advantage? And the only answer correct is yes. It's yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, C-A-T-S, cuts, cuts, cuts. Whole game. That's all you're going to hear. That's all you're going to hear. And blue and white. I hope yeah. we I hope we color coordinate it. What they should have a marketing event. <laughs> yeah, they should have a marketing event to color code the stadium because we should pack that MF or out. You know why? Because we're saving their fans money. We're saving them money. Okay. <laughs> we are saving them money. That 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 team is so bad. And you know, going to Nashville, it's fun. It's really fun. It's gonna be a little bit cold, but it's it, it's fun. I we're gonna we're gonna turn it into uh, to a cat's home field advantage. I, that's just a guarantee. Lock. 
hot if take. BBN has proven anything, it's that they're willing to travel. And anytime you can pick up tickets for a dollar, five bucks, they're going to make a weekend out of that. Go to Nashville, $5 game, spend the rest of the weekend celebrating bar hopping in Nashville. In a stadium where you can actually get beer. Yes, because you have to be able to drink to be a Vanderbilt fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you, you, you got it. You got me there. So, my my worst hot take uh, was Oregon, and man, uh, was this a bad hot take? Holy crap! So I I was. You know, I was trying to be that smart guy that I try to be all the time. And I was, we were talking about, you know, what four teams were going to be in the, in the final four. And I was, I, I threw out Oregon and I threw the Cooper curse on that some bitch. And <laughs> absolutely like who would have guessed they lost to the Cardinal Stanford. Stanford is not good. They're not. They're so bad. And I said that they would be in the top. Like, I said that they would go to the playoffs. And not only did I say they'd go to the playoffs, but I said that they would do well in the playoffs. I said that they would compete in the playoffs. Cold take. That is a cold take. So, you all are welcome. Uh, what do you all think about the Oregon game? Just let's Yeah, I needed a jacket after that take. I mean, you brought the you brought the – the temperature down in the stadium by a good 15 degrees. Uh, Oregon, I'll be honest, did not see the upset. But I did not think that they were a good enough team to be considered for the playoff. Uh, if you look at their schedule and just how that team is laid out, I just – I could not see them – being in the same conversation as the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. And let's be honest, all across college football, there are only two locks for the college football playoff. Kentucky and who else? Yeah, there's another one of your hot takes. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of deceit. I would love to see us go to Athens and just roll Georgia in two weeks. Yeah. And I think if we do that, then maybe we have a shot. But the way they're playing right now, Georgia and Alabama are by far the two best teams in the country. There's nobody even – they're playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers at this point. Yep, absolutely. Hunter, what are you, what are you thinking? Have we lost him again? I think Hunter has the best Wi-Fi this side of the Mississippi. Um, he keeps going in and out. If you could see the video, it's even better because all we see is his cold-hearted face and his his uh, his ceiling fan in the background. That's all we see. So it's like he's he's yeah he he's he's calling it a night. He, yeah, <laughs> he's he calling it a night. It. He said he had some bad weather there. And it was, yeah. 
but we'll yeah. get through the rest of this without him and he'll yeah. be back joining us yeah on our next next little podcast so um good job hunter you did great uh we we gave you a b minus because you didn't finish but well, it'd be like a quarterback thing, getting injured the best thing for him now is uh he doesn't have a chance to, to spit out any more of his hot takes. So, yeah. So I average is going to stay a little bit higher this week. <laughs> yeah. I get to do, I get to do the dog of the week for him also. So, um, one, one, one last thing, and then we're, we're going to wrap it up with the dog of the week. So, one thing I was going to ask you all was, what is your guys' top four? for the playoffs so it, it, let's just say you know best case scenario or you know what what is the most likely four that you see in there i want to hear yours first oh that's crazy it's like you're not prepared <laughs> uh, you know um, yeah i'm just kidding so obviously i'm gonna put georgia and alabama at one two like I just I, I nothing in me says that there's another team that could possibly even even you know chip away at their armor, right? As and as optimistic as I am a UK fan, I cannot sit here and just spout off Kentucky, even though we have a five percent chance, according to the FPI. So suck it. Um so I've got those two at one, two, and then I've got Cincinnati coming in because they literally like it if Cincinnati does not make the playoffs like that they really messed up so all they have to do is win okay now my four is in between um Michigan and Oregon I think Michigan is terrible, so unfortunately, I do think Ohio State is going to get into the playoffs this year. So I think they're going to be the number four. Um, it, it Oklahoma could squeeze in there, but I just, I really think Oklahoma's they're really not good. I, I, I I've, I've watched them. I really don't think they're that good. I think they're incredibly overrated, and if they can beat Texas this week, I think. That I'll put them at my four. So interchangeable between Ohio State and Oklahoma, but I do think Oklahoma loses um, to Texas this weekend. So what do you think? Yeah, really similar. I mean, obviously I've got Bama, Georgia, one, two. Uh, I would love to see Cincinnati squeak into the playoff. I think that this is – they have a very good shot. Uh, got a hometown Eastern Kentucky boy on the roster playing big minutes for him. Shout out to Cam Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, actually coached him on my fishing team for a year. Great kid. Love to see him doing well and being successful up there. Uh, and then for the four, Oklahoma season depends on Saturday. They beat Texas. I feel like they're in. They lose to Texas. I feel like that spot opens up for an Ohio State for I mean yeah, Oregon has a really bad loss, but they're still a really good football team. 
But I'll be honest with you. Knowing the college football playoff committee, the absolute endearment they hold for Notre Dame football, it would not shock me to see Notre Dame get that fourth spot if they went out. Because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the history of the program. But the playoff committee really, really like Notre Dame. Yeah. It seems like they're always in the talk or being mentioned. Yeah. Well, they're usually undefeated going in going into this time or they're they've got one loss or something like that. So yeah, I could see that also. And, you know, obviously I think Penn State could get in if they go undefeated. I just don't think they will. Um and I don't think they will either. I think no. they're uh, I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're back to the prominence that they have been. Yeah, they're winning right now, but I don't see them winning out. Yeah. Well, I, I just I don't see it. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening either. I mean, I actually like James Franklin. I really do. Um, but I don't I don't think that they hit that top four. Um but yeah, anything else uh that you you want to talk about? Well, I think one team that I I would be remiss if I if I left them out completely is Iowa. Yeah, but I feel like that's another team where this Saturday, Saturday, I don't see another game on their schedule that I wouldn't pick them to win. That mm-hmm. makes them win out. That could put Iowa as your number four. Yeah, I know. I, I could see that as well. I mean, I think Iowa plays – they play exactly how Mark Stoops coaches, but they have a little bit better of an offense. So, um, you know, I could see them getting in also. Um, but it just seems like the playoff community, they, they really like the teams that really, really, really travel well. And Ohio State, they're one. Um and I think Cincinnati, they have done nothing wrong, so there's no reason for them not to put them in. Um, so I, mean, I go what ahead. a reward, right? <laughs> yeah, to play Alabama. Yeah, and, and then yes, you made it too, and you get to play Georgia. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just feel so bad for them because they're they're good football teams. They really are. I know they are, but they're not. They're not. They're not great. They're not on the same level as as one and two by far. Alabama and Georgia have definitely extended themselves to the top echelon this year, and I don't think there's anybody really even close. No. I I don't think so either. I mean, if you look at the eye test, if you look at the stats, if you look at just how, like, the scoreboard, they're getting things done. Those two teams are getting things done. And it's and it's at a it's at a scary rate too, so you have to you have to you have to be silly to not have them at one two. I don't care if you have Georgia at one, if you have Bama at two. It it I mean it I, I do I think Georgia is better yes, but I I honestly am not going to get upset at someone that says, oh yeah, I've got Alabama at number one and I've got Georgia at number two. Doesn't matter to me, okay. 
does not matter, not one bit, because they're both stupid good. Now, one one last question that I have for you. So, you know, Bama last year, they were unreal. So, does either Bama this year playing Bama last year or Georgia this year playing Georgia last year, which one, which one takes the cake? What do you think? I don't think Georgia last year. I don't think that's even a. I don't know what happened to them over the offseason. No, I'm saying, okay, I'm saying if the team, if Alabama's team last year played Georgia's team this year and then Alabama's team this year, who would win? That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not giving you, know, you my answer I, first. I am a huge defensive guy when it comes to football. I love hard nose, grind it out. But I'll be honest with you, Georgia's offense has been so one-dimensional so far that I'm hesitant to pick them because – Alabama has shown that they can move the football. They can throw the football around the field. They're going to run it well. They've got they've got the horses up front to have a decent run game. And I'll be honest, they're just as talented on defense as Georgia, but they are definitely a, an elite-level defense. I don't know that without the ability to pass the football, I don't know if Georgia could move the football against them. Yeah. Well, I'm, my, my, my viewpoint on it is I think Alabama's team last year was potentially one of the best teams in my lifetime or the best team in my lifetime. I don't know. It's hard to go against Joe Burrow just because it, it was literally like every time he touched the ball, it was a touchdown. Um, but – you know, I think I think the Alabama team last year is bar none better than both teams this year, Alabama yes. and Georgia. I just I think feel that way too. I just think I just think that they they literally had they had a really good defense and their offense was stupid. Stupid. It was like it was like, oh, Devontae Smith, he's he's gonna do a post route. Oh yeah, by the way, on the other side, you have Jalen Waddle, which you know, that was whenever they were all healthy, but you know, it, it was it was just crazy to me that they had so many the, weapons. The I, Najee weapons. Harris. I didn't even I didn't even say Najee Harris. I mean, they had so many weapons. It was stupid. Like, like when we played when Kentucky played them, and we lost by sixty. I was like, that was a good game. We played great because we at one point I think weren't we up three zero at one point? I think yes. I think we started the game three zero up. So, um. You know, say whatever you want, but we, you know, we ran that rock <laughs> as well as somebody could have, and at least we scored. So, yeah, Alabama's team last year, I mean, they were just loaded on both sides of the football. It was unreal. You couldn't take away one option because if you focused on one, somebody else would burn you, and that's – that's truly what a balanced and dynamic offense is supposed to look like. 
And if they, and if you stopped that one, then they would bring somebody else in that hadn't played before and he would just dominate you. <laughs> but nobody stopped Devontae Smith. So well, I mean, it didn't even matter. That's kind of the, the philosophy of Georgia and Alabama both is, you know, if you stop one, we're just going to run another five star at you. Correct. And if you stop him, we're going to run another five star at you. It's probably the only team in two teams in the country that their practice squad is made up of all five stars. Yeah. And that's why they're so good because they're, they're playing better than the, they're playing against people that are better than who they're going to play against. Um, but yeah, I think, I yeah. think that, I, I think, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. Um, for, for, I mean, unless you, you got anything else though. No, I think, I think we've talked, we've covered it. We've talked about it. I've got all your really freezing cold takes out in the open for everybody to see and hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll have more. Don't worry about it. I'm going to have more. <laughs> I got you... to take credit for calling the blocked kick and the, the run back. It was awesome, guys. It was literally so cool. Like, I can't even explain to you all, like, the amount of hypeness that went through my veins whenever he called that. Like, right before the play, literally reached over to me and said, block kick, touchdown. And I was like, nah. And then it happened. So, it was amazing. Those moments where you could just feel something building and something had to break one way or the other. The t- the game had just gotten to a point where it was ready to snap and in Kentucky's favor like it hasn't been so many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a great game. And uh, make sure to – you know, oh, I lost train of thought there. Uh, anyways, yeah. So if you guys want, uh, make sure to look forward to our next episode. It's going to be about this upcoming week's games. And, you know, we're going to go over the LSU matchup. We're going to go over some of the other games that are going on in the SEC. And then also uh, make sure you follow our Twitter. I just created it like not long ago at all. It's at under and then underscore analysts. Um, so, you know, if you want to give us a follow, cool. If not, no big deal. Um, but, yeah, let's end it how we normally do. So, um, since Hunter isn't here, I'm going to take this over. Uh, but as you guys have requested time and time again, uh, this is the point for the Benbo's Dog of the Week. All right, this is a direct quote from Hunter because he has the greatest Wi-Fi in the world and couldn't join us for this. He says, Patrick Mahomes is washed up. He is done. The Kansas City Chiefs are done for the year. Time to start tanking and thinking of NFL draft and a rebuild. Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, Buffalo Bills, they don't need the points. Take them money line. Collect your money, you dig. Take that to the piggy bank, take it to your bookie, take it to wherever you want. That's a win. That's what he said. And uh, thank you for coming to our to our fourth episode. And hopefully you guys can join us for number five. We're going to try to release it before Saturday so you guys can get a little bit hyped uh, for this upcoming games. So, again, thank you for watching Underqualified Analyst. See you